Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps podcast. The Mac DevOps Podcast Book Club is happening every Wednesday at noon Pacific time, UTC minus seven. Join us from all around the world, as long as your time zone is friendly. <laughs> We've had uh, many people join us from uh, Europe. We encourage anyone and everyone to join us. It's been great fun to meet with and discuss the book with people from around the world. Uh, we'd love to see how DevOps principles apply to our Mac admins and Mac DevOps workflows, our pipelines, our tools. How does it inform us when we're using Monkey or AutoPackage and working in open source? So in this episode, uh, we're going to share some highlights from the last couple of uh, book club meetings. Uh, to share some of the uh, great conversation uh, that we've been having over uh, Emily's book. Shout out to Emily Freeman. Awesome, awesome person. And we love DevOps for Dummies. Thanks for joining us. We barely scratched the surface when we were talking about it the other week. Allison is joining us uh, this week and Piero. Um, Allison, have you ever had a chance to look at uh, DevOps for Dummies? Uh, no, uh, I just kind of came in on this. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm in the interesting position of being in a or a small org that's within a very large org um but our team i actually live on the tech ops team even though i don't do any actual ops stuff um i'm our mac jamp admin and accidental jira admin um so i just am here for learning stuff so that i can eventually start doing more stuff that will eventually be handed to me i'm sure so yeah, it's it's really nice book. It's really easy to read. She, the dummies books are just always well written. Um, and I just I I really liked it because even though I'm not a DevOps master, I just love how the, it's it's a bit of a the, the, I like the culture war thing. It's about changing culture and just so many aspects to our corporate culture, tech culture, our 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 privileged cultures that we need to change. So it's it's good about getting into that conversation. JD, yeah, JD, you have any thoughts? Well, I was just uh, I was looking back through the first chapter here uh, where she she kind of dives right in uh, into, you know, the calms, you know, which stands for culture, automation, lean measurement and sharing just kind of a brief overview of, of what that means. She's going to dive into more of that later in the book. But, you know, we do this at, at different scales, whether it's the Mac admin slack or, or in your own organization, right, for for uh, building a culture automating our lives, trying to, you know, keep it scaled down as much as possible because, you know, we don't want to be responsible for all the things and have 500,000 tools somehow measure it, right? And then uh, sharing, which could be, you know, blogging, could be chatting about it, you know, on on the Mackinman Slack or amongst colleagues, things like that. So... Yeah, I think you you brought that up um, on the podcast when yeah. I'm always focusing on the you know the DevOps trying to explain what Mac DevOps is and trying to explain how you know I was inspired by open source software and how IT and programmers can work together and sometimes we're the same person and and uh, you know trying to I'm always trying to explain what Mac DevOps is to people and just how we're 
trying to take the existing open source culture and 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 in that community and and just sort of I just put a word on it and said this is a conference about helping people in this community and I mean and you you brought this up on the podcast you're like hey Matt don't forget you're always talking about the the cloud and all that stuff and but you know the whole point of this is the community and the people and she talks about you know DevOps focuses on people making happy engineers having a good company culture um, I mean, I loved her little quote. It was like, happy engineers make great software. I mean, right. so. <laughs> um, Piero, are you happy? Yeah, I am happy. <laughs> my, my, I've, I've, that was a very I've, reluctant I've, reply. Yeah, yeah, he was very reluctant. <laughs> yeah, my, I mean, my, my AirPods died. So I, I'm just like... <laughs> so he's not happy. <laughs> and, and, uh, and Discord doesn't understand how to switch audio. And uh, uh, not, not easily and quickly, no. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's um the, the columns thing is quite interesting. Um I really enjoy the this concept of lean, right? Where it's not just lean manufacturing. When you talk about well, when people talk about agile, they always refer back to lean manufacturing, but also this idea of having like keeping teams lean and having like looking for this sort of T-shaped competencies where you, you you know a little bit of all the systems and then you're you're you've got the depth of expertise in, in one specific subject, for example. I think she gives a a, a, a an example about a um, a Python developer uh, that uses front React and front end. And, but also it needs to have all the um, understanding of how all the moving parts of the system work, especially as the all architecture things go towards microservices and there are a lot of moving parts. Everything becomes like one single thing that makes one job, that has one job and understanding how all this fits together increases complexity a lot. And it, I think it's a skill that we should as Mac admins should start honing a little bit more, probably, because we we had it easy in the um, in the Apple world. Well, we have fewer moving parts, if you allow me to say that, compared to like even a, a website has a lot more complexity. If you say, okay, I'm going to put this thing in the cloud, sure, uh, it's you need to to manage a web server, then you need to manage a lot of other little pieces the more you 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 want to move that to a microservices architecture and it's the more you break this down the more things can go wrong and the more you need to understand how these all things are glued together but at the same time they want to keep like the aim of keeping the team lean is to have this sort of like well-rounded developer that is also an operations person right and so the responsibilities are shared and and I think that's that's the thing that I, I I'm much like that that pulls me a lot more from the DevOps side of things than the simple developer or simple or simple just operations guy or IT guy or that you name it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean the well-rounded is the important thing. I mean I was working in visual effects as a sysadmin, and sysadmin means you do everything. You know whatever it is. You know render farm, pipeline software, whatever it is that day you have to figure it out. We all sysadmins or have been. Um, 
But one thing I liked about VFX, and there's a lot to dislike, but one thing I did like was that we were working on carrying something through, which was a TV show, a commercial, a movie, had to have a deadline. And so we all had a shared goal, a shared product. We're all working. It didn't matter how much we worked, which was a problem, you know, but it didn't matter what we were doing. It's just like that was the goal. And I find in regular IT, especially, you know, you have these security people with their compliance checks. They don't care about anything other than the checkboxes, right? And they don't care about this goal. And you lose sight because you're not making, if you're not in media or media production, you don't, you lose sight of these weekly or, you know, monthly deadlines or these goals, these real products or projects that you have to carry through. And I find sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, this is my job. And my job is these five things or these 20 things or these. And that's not my job. And so the whole DevOps is is about mashing these job types together, not having a developer toss something over to the ops, you know, the uh, the SRE or whatever to to watch it and then go back. You know, it's basically they're all working together to make that project or that product go. And, you know, I think to if I had to go back and do it again, which I hopefully would, would never have to, you know, we'd have to have you know, sane, sane work hours. And, you know, we'd have to have some modification of the, you know, we make it, we do whatever to make it happen, right? Because I worked 100 hour weeks sometimes. And, you know, I've never, you know, been officially on any kind of pager duty, you know, for per se, but yeah, three in the morning when the whole sand's down, and you have a whole company that's working all through the night, you know, that's just no, no fun. So there's got to be a way to, to modify that to make that to make that work or sane, maybe time zones and people working differently. People have sure solved that problem, but I like the camaraderie and the idea that this well-rounded person, this group, this team can work together to carry something through. And we don't forget that people are trying to get a job done. And that's why we as helpers slash IT slash DevOps slash whatever, that's what they're the whole reason we exist, whoever they are, their projects and their products. And it's interesting to to want to step away from the siloing that that generally happens, right? I mean, that's that's the whole idea here is that you know you're not the specialist in this. You're you're part of a team, and you all specialize in all all of the things. Uh, you know, jack jack of all trades, master of none, uh, except you do want to master all of them, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting kind of uh, you know paradigm shift, uh, and and definitely not what we've seen of uh, like IT departments, uh, uh, you know, of the past thirty years or so. They've they've all been uh, very much siloed, and you know, this is the database guy, and this is the server guy, and and neither the twain shall meet. And if the server guy needs something from the network guy, well, you know, there's going to be fisticuffs. Uh, you know, that we're, I think that's part of the idea here is to tear down those, those walls and, and share, share those resources. Yeah. I mean, if the Jamf admin can't talk to security, right. You know, security can't talk to Jamf and Jamf can't talk to help desk and, you know, and you have all these separated departments, then, you know, what you meet maybe what at the free beer once a month or once a year at the Christmas party or something, but you know, and that's the change of culture and, you know, and sharing, right. How are your experiences, uh, Allison? Do um, you have any experiences that that can inform your uh, your desire to learn DevOps or to to break these current molds to change your culture? It's really interesting because my last job was very very siloed, um, and it caused just all sorts of uh, friction between teams and you know security deciding that something has to be in place and making it policy and then telling IT, oh yeah, you need to do all this stuff. And 
and all of this and then developers needing things and like never ne not ne'er the twain shall meet kind of thing um and you know you can you can mitigate that to some degree like um one year our i did a hackathon project that was like hey i'm gonna go talk to a bunch of engineers and what do you need on your machines let me automate it um, and I put that into Jamf, and um, I, that was a very loud round of applause at the presentations. It was actually, it was actually <laughs> hysterical um, because you could just see that. Oh my God, the the eight hours of setup condensed into twenty five minutes um, on people's faces. Uh, but that, that never would have happened had I not like been. No, I am doing hackathon this year. I, let me do the thing. But like my my current team is very weird and that we're like i said we're a small org within a large org but we kind of all do everything so there's basically none of that separation like everyone can do everything everyone is empowered everyone can um uh we have about 15 people and we all have the same job title which is network slash systems administrator and i think i'm the only one that that is true for um but um it's it's really strange going from one very siloed culture to one where everyone is cooperative. And um, I'm so, so thankful every day that that is my current job, um, where everyone talks to each other and everything is, is everyone is happy to share what they know and learn stuff. Um, and it's, it's actually made me want to go out and learn more. Like I'm actually starting school in two days um, for CS. So wow. it's it's amazing how much of a difference that makes when you have people that are willing to to talk to each other. Well, I mean, you asked uh, the clients, the, the the end users, what they wanted, and then you were able to automate and give them something that could make their job better or their setup time easier. And I mean, that deserves a round of applause right there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, but it's also a matter of changing the culture so that you know the 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 client or, or your users basically bring bring you into the discussion early, right? So that, that you're part of that that uh, initial stakeholder group um, and, and, you know, having input and, and also determining requirements, right? And doing that up front. Yeah. And also just even making little steps like that makes it a lot easier to later on if you run into an issue or something you can you can make those connections and go talk to people before things become problems um and it, it keeps you from having giant explosions later and how do you find managing tools like jamf uh where as far as i understand it's one person that uses it and makes changes uh, how do you how do you uh, mediate that or uh, peer review or work together in your team to make those kind of changes or currently and actually in previous jobs it's it's um i'm not saying this is good but in that sort of management i basically just have free reign i can do whatever i want um within some very minor minor restrictions um and it's just as long as i communicate that um i think that's that's the biggest thing is that i'll bounce around ideas with team members and um setups but my my current role just recently started using Jamf. So I was explicitly brought in to set everything up from the ground up. Um, so I had complete free reign and with specific goals in mind. And the the idea was, okay, go talk to other teams, learn what they wanna do. 
Um, but then build whatever and, you know, test it, see how it goes, but you can do whatever you want, which is in, in some ways kind of scary, but you have to consciously think about how you're working with other people, especially when you have that much freedom to do things. It's really easy to get in the trap of, I'm going to spend, you know, 40 hours making this thing look amazing. And then you ask someone else to use it and they're like, I, what? Do people sh share the uh, responsibilities with Jim for are you the only one or? I'm the only one. I do have a minion though, who just started um, that will be learning some, <laughs> but um, uh, she is still in pre-minion stage, uh, getting up to speed with everything, so. Nice, nice. Piero, do you monopolize your tools or do you share them with a team or? Uh, that's a good question. So we're <laughs> a small team, so we're with three people and we, we share them. We pretty much are jack of all trades for all the tools with different levels of expertise on each tool. Um, but yeah, I, one example is probably monkey. I have broken monkey for the entire fleet because of being the one Lord of monkey and the only one that makes changes. I upgraded to monkey for that broke the middleware plugin because it wasn't Python 3 compliant, <laughs> which which led to a very quick rollback, which broke 60% of the fleet. And <laughs> that taught me a very good lesson. All the power, all the consequences. Correct, yes. But I thought that was a very, very important teaching moment for the team. Because like, that proved what I keep saying that these things shouldn't be done by a human. We should just review what a machine changes. And yeah, so um, one of the things that I would like to, 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 to see picking up more is this emphasis on peer review. And, and Matt, you, I think peer reviewing your code, peer reviewing your changes is the first thing you, you mentioned when you asked the question. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it doesn't matter how, how many people can touch my tools. I, I just want everyone to change, like to have another set of eyes on everything that we do. So it's 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 so important that people double check because it's like when when you when you have somebody reviewing your work, you you're sort of like first of all you you're reducing the silos, and that person gets actually to see and maybe ask questions and and learn something new. Or if it's a routine task, then they can triple check what you've done. Um, and in my case, people probably would have caught that uh, monkey for very explicitly said in the, the in the instructions and in the readme and in the change notes that there the, the wasn't they were they were not going to support any those plugins anymore. And we use that plugin, so somebody should have checked that before I hit deploy. But yeah, I think, but I think it's it, it's uh, it's also like a a learning process, right? And then it's like one of the best things about DevOps culture is the the iterative process of this. So we make a mistake. Sure, I wrote a postmortem. Sure, we'll never deploy a major version of Monkey again that way. So uh, maybe we'll break something. I'll break something else some in, in a different way, but that specific way will not get broken again. <laughs> no more testing in production, huh? Uh, uh, well, that's, that, that's literally what I do all the time. 
scream test. It works great. Yeah. Thinking about that, though, how do you balance, um, especially if you are on a small team, wanting to get input with other people that you may go to input don't necessarily have enough background to be able to give you a full version? It's like I can ask any of my my team, like, what do you think about this process? And they may be able to provide feedback on something like an automation script or something like that. But if it's a, um, like, deployment method or, or um, uh, uh, I don't want to say imaging because imaging is dead, um, but... <laughs> but it's something not. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but some process like that where perhaps you're the only one that actually has enough background to know what's going on. Um, what what kinds of... There's only so much checks you can put into place when... when the the net below you is is super super wide even if you, the colleague that you're you're talking this through may not be as qualified taking the time to talk it through a lot of times will help you see any gaps or holes uh, or missteps uh, that there might be uh, a lot of times we're 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 human right so we're very self-confident or, or lack total confidence. So, uh, you know, we're, we, if it's something routine, we may just blazingly go, go forward with it. Whereas if you, if you take the minute to explain to somebody else, this is what I'm going to do. This is why I'm going to do it. And you're doing two things there. One, you're talking it through. And, and the other is that you're bringing them up to speed, uh, so that they potentially could be uh, a cohort in this and, and another resource, right? I've occasionally hired uh, people to work with me on certain jobs just so I could have someone that when I'm talking out loud that there's another human in the room <laughs> so I can hear myself sometimes <laughs> when I'm talking out loud. I'm going to do this and this is the, what we're doing. And then as I'm explaining it to this person or myself out loud, I'm like, oh, that's not really a good idea. Or maybe I forgot something or something that's helped me. And I know too often with Monkey, I've been very confident or overconfident, and I don't have everything in Git. Um, and I just think, well, I can just reverse everything uh, with Monkey easily if I if I mess up. And you know, Pierre was reminding me that you know there's ways to mess up with Monkey that reversing is going to be even still a, a challenge sometimes. But uh, um, I, I do cling to the idea that at least with Monkey, I've got all my changes checked. Uh, there's a testing group and a production group, and I have a record of everything I've done because it's in Monkey per se. But um, yeah, I mean, trying to figure out a nice way to automate and whether it's just checking changes into Git or something that we can, the, the, but that, that does make sense to humans as well, but, uh, something that could catch our mistakes, but it could be as easy as talking to another human, the, uh, the human department, like the, the programmer's rubber duck, uh, but it's a human that you just talk to. <laughs> a human rubber duck. Yeah. A human rubber duck. Some very strange images right there, but yeah. how are you going to say Piero? <laughs> That's very. <laughs> that, that, that sounded much better in my head than <laughs> saying that loud. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I think it's 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 so important, and I I think I I can relate a lot to to, to your question. It's it's hard. I'm I'm like especially in our job where where we use a lot of open source stuff, and people are. I've got different degrees of confidence in going to the community, right? I can jump into the monkey channel and ask the stupidest question ever, but that means that doesn't mean that my colleagues will be um, 
will be confident at the same way or may and at the same time they, they may not be at ease at asking me at asking me and, and and saying hey dude i have no idea what you're talking about like i'm i'm very open and i always say like sorry i don't understand what you're talking about but i've met people in in my career that will will never admit that they don't know something and it's it's just that they're like that and I think spending time, as Matt was saying, as talking through the things, it's it's super important and it's it's core to this sharing mentality of having a lean team. We like in in, in a lean team, you have to have that glue, right? And you build that glue, you build that relationship uh, with spending time with each other, talking to each other, and it doesn't have to be technical stuff but if when it is technical i would i always try to involve the team as much as possible because sometimes people come from different backgrounds and they may they 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 always have a different take on things right it's it's very even if we're a small team we're three people it's very rare that we're always like 100% aligned so we have a discussion we try to be as honest as possible and reason through the problem and say well we think we should implement this this way. And if we can't, can't agree, we sort of disagree and commit. And we, we go forward and then we, we keep reassessing. That's, that's the idea, right? If something doesn't, is not working out as you expect it to be, then you go back to the drawing board and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you, like, if you keep it small enough to be iterative, it's, it's easy to say, well, I've spent a month on this project and now i have to scrap it up because i didn't think about that this one this one thing but if you instead go and spend six months it gets harder the more time you spend on something the harder it is to let it go and 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 fix it if the fix is a drastic one and educating people and educating your team i think it's it's it, it should be one of the core things that we do as we are more senior in any technology right like let's say Matt is super. Matt is a monkey god, and <laughs> he works with someone that has no idea what monkey does. Then every minute that Matt spends with that person explaining monkey is a treasure for the person that listens. And at that point, I think it's it's up to them to be able to recognize that that time spent is not time wasted, and like they're not just a human rubber duck. they like they're actually like that is a a meaningful interaction that elevates the team level to be better and do better so you're lucky you have a minion or a pre-minion allison yeah she's she's doing awesome so i'm i'm very glad it's it is hard doing that kind of thing remote though so that's that's a learning experience for me right now training someone completely remotely so i suppose it's our our new world order (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, added difficulty. Uh, I know I, I started working on this this monkey report uh, plugin project with a friend who wanted to do some programming, and we've been using Discord and Zoom and trying to work together. And try, you know, and I was teaching them some very basic stuff about monkey report, and, and they they know the the Python stuff. But bringing them into the community, and and, and they sometimes would text me their questions and go, should I ask this? Is this okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, just ask it in the community. These people are good. These people are nice. And uh, you won't be roasted in an open flame for, you know, asking these questions. But 
I think we are so lucky to have the Mac admin Slack and uh, and the extended community that of people we've met at conferences or at meetups and stuff to to help be part of our community so we can bounce ideas off of and hopefully find people that are receptive to hearing us talk through problems or uh, having us, you know, what, they're okay with us listening to them discuss issues on Twitter or in Slack and we can be part of that community. And I think that really helps us all. We're all learning and um, seeing other people make mistakes or discuss issues helps us um, before we make the same. Or if we do make the same mistakes, then we can go to a, a very understanding group and, and, and get some help or uh, some consoling. <laughs> <laughs> Or just a ranting and venting because yes. no one no one understands how bad life is. Uh, our life is being made by Apple recent in recent years. I think Greg put it very well when he said, "Like I feel like I'm running and running and running and running just to stay on the same spot." Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, it's it's a long-standing discussion. The older we get, the more bitter perhaps we can get or more grumpy we can get but i mean like my our discussion recently with howard oakley in in uh, you know he's a, an old man and he was just thinking everything was delightful and i just thought that's a great great attitude all these changes it's just delightful it's just a wonderful opportunity to keep learning yeah i agree he's also not man he's not managing a fleet of computers either <laughs> so, i mean the man lives next to the sea and writes cool tools so he's living a charmed life and so of course everything is delightful <laughs> he's never had to use jam for monkey so he's still in a good mood right <laughs> oh dear yes uh Yes, managing Macs. It's yes, like when uh, when when people come up to you, it works perfectly fine on my home Mac, and you're just like, no. Yeah, I, our variation of that is it works perfectly fine if I'm not on the corporate network, whether by VPN or not. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. it's like <laughs> the corporate team. Uh, yeah, it moved everybody to Office 365 accounts, but the firewall was blocking everybody from going and test on a computer that's not on the corporate network. Ah, yes, of course, it's the firewall. Yes, yes. Thank you for your security. Yes, please. Microsoft is on the outside of the network. Please open some ports. <laughs> so we've got, I mean, it's been a trend where people in college and stuff are using Macs just because they're, that's, what people are picking. So we're seeing more people coming into the workforce that have never used PCs um, or have never used, yeah, who have never used PCs. But Macs in a corporate environment generally behave, especially if you're using anything integrated with Microsoft, behave so differently. And the uh, the managing of expectations is um, a whole separate task in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, and I work in a department of problem solvers, you know, their media department, they like to move very quickly. Um, but the same attitude, if you're used to just figuring things out and doing it really quickly, my own management tools can stop people, especially if they're not admins from doing just whatever they want to solve a problem. And I have to try and tell people to, yes, we are quick to solve problems, but we have to stop, think, do I need to download this thing? You know, maybe Matt's put it in Monkey. Maybe there's a pre-vetted version of software that's good, or maybe I should ask Matt before the software gets installed because you won't get very far without being an admin. But uh, you know, people that are quick to solve problems or don't have any constraints, whether it's by Jam for Monkey or other systems, um, you know, people need to not just Google for whatever the problem is and then download the first thing they find. Um, you know. <laughs> Oh, for sure. And we're our own worst enemies, too. Um, like, I I spent three years in a very large org, and um, there's a very wide 
array of tech skills in a company that large, um, especially something that does software. Um, and, you know, I would be in different buildings and the building with like the the marketing people and, you, you know, you would go in and they would have accidentally hit their their Wi-Fi button and their, their network didn't work. And all you had to do was just hit the touch sensitive button and everything's fine. Um, but then working with some of the engineers, it's like by the time they actually had to call to get help, it was just, what did you do with this thing? Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, being on that end, like we, we put up with so much crap that our, our users would never deal with. Um, so there's that, that balance of, okay, how do we make this easy for people? But also, you know, um, how, how can we stop people from hurting themselves? Yeah, I mean... I was trying to explain to my my clients, my users, that I'm protecting your tools that you you need to do your job. And so when you need things in these various fashions and ways to find out what people need, is you put it into like monkey self-service or into monkey, or you could use Jam for other things. You know, you try to ask them what they need, find out what they need, then provide as much as they can beforehand. But you know, it doesn't always work or you don't always know what they need or they're they're moving very quickly and they can, you know, download brew or ins brew install themselves into a really weird corner or, in, in, you know, curl some setup script from some random GitHub. <laughs> you're, you're dealing with much more technical uh, users that way, too. Um, I, I think the, the other thing is, is it's just generally human nature to work around problems, right? We don't we don't try and solve problems. We work around problems. Um, so, and that, that's probably our biggest struggle is as sysadmins and, and, and DevOps is, is that we're trying to, to glean from our users, what's a problem so we can actually address it instead of why are you working around this, you know, and, and not even knowing that it's a problem. Yeah. It's sometimes it's a, it's a conscious decision when someone comes to you asking how, how to do this, um, just to remember to find out what are you trying to accomplish? Um, because sometimes what they're trying to do is not what they're trying to accomplish, or is it direct odds with what they're actually trying to accomplish? Yeah, it's that adage of uh, once you learn how to use a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, we run into these problems as sysadmins, you know, or I remember my first tech support job where someone would be like, oh, the printer doesn't work. There's something wrong with the printer. And then you're like, hmm, is there actually a problem with the printer? Is, there, is the issue something else? You know, it's like you have to get back. What are you trying to do? Oh, you're trying to print something. Okay. Oh, actually, the problem is that I ripped the printer out of the network and threw it somewhere else. Yeah, that's their problem. <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we, you know, yeah, I mean, my technical users, yeah, they, they also have that can-do attitude and that can get you into trouble or I've seen them install malware from Google's download searches when the app is actually in Monkey and they could have spotlighted it or looked in their applications folder, you know, and they just go to Google right away. Um, so teaching good hygiene and good habits um, and also that you're there to help, you know, and sometimes when I'd go visit my clients, I would just hang out and just see what they're doing. And then invariably they're like, how do I do this thing? Or sometimes an occasional, why do I have passwords on my computer? You know, and you could answer those simple questions and ask them what they're actually trying to do. But we don't always have that luxury of hanging out with our clients, especially now where everything is remote and you're trying to guess what people are doing. And I've been doing a lot of tech support by text and I just really don't like it. Um, you know, a long time ago, I studied communications and we talked about synchronous versus asynchronous. 
a Zoom call or a phone call is synchronous. You can communicate, hopefully, together. A text or email is asynchronous and doesn't have an immediate response communication chain. And so I was troubleshooting two different clients at the same time by text and trying to figure out what they're doing and what they're doing. You know, and I'm like, what are you doing? Just get on a call with me and tell me, explain to me what you're trying to do, and I can help you know, as much as I can to you know, find a solution. But yeah, 1,000 texts later, you know, it's like... Ah, uh, kids today. <laughs> you touched on something else there, which was advertising for yourself. Um, make sure that people know where to get all the tools that you've made and all the things that you've built and and tout it as something cool and something easy and and make sure that people actually know where it is, um, which is something that I'm currently trying to do we've we've been doing all of our new deployments which you have all the others had been like manually set up um but like making sure that when we give people their computers you know impress upon them that that we want to make your life easy but you you this is where you should go look at it isn't it cool and shiny and you know that being said you, you can lead a person to water but uh yeah, certain clients don't want to create tickets, but you could maybe use a ticket system to manage your own issues as you're solving them. And I find other clients were happy to use Monkey in the self-service. Uh, others would not, but I could remote in. And because everything was in the Monkey self-service, I can use it because I know it's there. So it's still useful even if I was the only one using it. <laughs> you know, it's like I didn't have to like find a script. It's already organized and managed somewhere <laughs> else, you know. Um, and by other people, you go, yeah, that's in self-service, go grab it. And they're like, oh yeah, no problem. And then only call, they'd call you back if they had a real problem. But other people, it's like, okay, let me room it in. Okay. I know it's in self-service. I will run it for you. You know, it's like, um, just say it is, it is gratifying when you build something, even if it's just small, like there was one that was just the VPN would randomly lock up and you had to restart it. And I just made a, you know, kill all restart, you know, button in self-service for Jamf and, it, it was really small, but it was it was kind of nice to see when people on just the general Slack channel, somebody would complain about this and like five people would respond, go here, do the thing, um, before I even saw the message. Um, nice. Which is nice when you're when your other when you when your users are advertising for you. Right. That's a, that's a good way of putting for uh, advertising your services, advertising your your what is available. And it's it's sometimes a, a communication problem. I always want to come back to Sun Tzu. Uh, it's very impressionable on me as a teenager when I was reading Sun Tzu. And, and one of his my favorite stories of his was like, you have to explain very clearly what you want people to do, what your expectations are. And if there's a failure in their, on their part, you have to make go back to step one. Make sure you've communicated effectively before you, you know apply capital punishment in his case. In our case, it'd be before <laughs> uh, censoring your users somehow. But you know you have to make sure that things are explained correctly. And maybe when you go back, you've realized you haven't explained it, or as you said, marketed your services and, um, you know, um, that perennial problem of uh, the IT solutions for social problems, make sure we've communicated things well, and, and people understand what we're expecting of them. And that helps to create a better culture, right? <laughs> We appreciate you joining us and discussing this book together. It's uh, a great learning experience, and I thank everybody for, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you to our Mac DevOps YVR 2020 sponsors. Our sponsors for Mac DevOps YVR, the conference 2020. 
Max Stadium, our platinum sponsor, thank you so much for helping us out. Sauce Labs, our gold sponsor. Simple MDM, our silver sponsor. And Adigy, our bronze sponsor, as well as Elastic, our community sponsor. Thank you so much. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests, and thank you to our co-hosts. Today's episode was edited by J.D. Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. J.D. is, is my minion, but he's not uh, in training. He's fully formed as a minion.